Hey, welcome to uh, Live from America podcast. This is Hatem, um, along with Mr. Norm Dorman Hi. and Juanita Dorman from the owners of the Comedy Cellar, in New York City. Um, happy Father's Day to everybody, by the way. Happy Father's and, uh, Day. Also joined by Emmy Award winner, Mr. Kurt Metzger, one of Amy. the funniest comedians and writers in the world. Uh, and our guest of honor is Shannon Watts. Um, and she is the founder of Moms Demands Action, uh, the leading force of gun violence prevention, and the author of Fight Like a Mother. Welcome, Shannon. Thanks for having me. Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Hey there. So, Shannon, uh, can you tell us quickly the story behind creating Moms Demand Action and how it went from Facebook page to more than 5 million supporters and counting? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're even bigger than the NRA, but... I, uh, like so many other women and moms in this country, the day after the tragedy in Newtown, Connecticut, wanted to get off the sidelines. I decided it was time to get involved in this issue, right? When 20 children and six educators are murdered in the sanctity of an American elementary school and you're a mom, you know, you, you can't do nothing. And so I went online and I tried to find something like, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, but for this issue specifically, and I found nothing. And in, in fact, I found a lot of organizations run mostly by men. And so I just started a Facebook page. It was that simple. And it was like lightning in a bottle. There were so many other women and moms who wanted to get involved. And now we are one of the largest grassroots movements in the country. And how, how long did that take? You know, we started organizing right away. Um, you know, I was getting calls and emails from people all across the country who said, you know, I want to do this where I live. And, and that was in places like Texas and the Carolinas and Arkansas, not just blue states. And so we just really started organizing on Facebook, uh, a page for every state. And I would say within the first year, we had a presence in all 50 states. Um, we had successfully um, organized and, and tried to pass something called Mansion Toomey. It was a federal bill that would have closed the background check loophole that allows gun sales without a background check in this country. It failed by a handful of, of votes in the Senate, but we just immediately started pivoting and doing this work in our state houses and boardrooms where we lived. Um, and, and so I would say, you know, in all, we were up and running in, in about a year. Oh, nice. So, so what, what's the main goals of, of, of uh, Moms Demand Action regarding guns? Well, yeah, I want to be clear. You know, we're not anti-gun. Um, we're not against the Second Amendment. A lot of our volunteers are gun owners or their partners are gun owners. This is really just about restoring the responsibilities that go along with gun rights, responsibilities that the gun lobby has stripped away over the last several decades, like a background check on every gun sale like keeping guns out of the hands of domestic abusers, like making sure there's a process um, for temporarily removing guns from someone who is a danger to themselves or others. Something that Republicans and Democrats alike agree on in this country. Polling shows that. It's really just some of our lawmakers who are beholden to the gun lobby who are standing in the way. Uh, Shannon, are you, I, I'm sorry, I had this card. Um, are you uh, associated with, uh, I think it's our town? Or something there's another one that's kind of like that so about a year into creating moms to man action we partnered with what was called mayors against illegal guns 
Um, and, and every town for gun safety is now the umbrella organization. Uh, we're a grassroots every arm. Town. We also, right. yeah, every town for gun safety. We now have students demand action. We have a survivor network, gun violence survivors. We have mayors against illegal guns still. So there's all these grassroots movements within every town for gun safety. Is it like, this is a main question I had when he was telling me about the guest, uh, what do you guys do like, because now that shit's all <laughs> going to pot, like, like I, I live in New York 15 years, now I live in LA. Never, never felt the need to own a gun myself. I, I like shooting guns a lot, but I never felt like I need a gun. I feel like I need to go buy a gun. And, and I'm and like, now that it's like, hey, we'll abolish the police and all this shit. How, like, <laughs> I mean, this sounds like good, but like, so 2008, like, <laughs> The world's ending and I'm like, I wish I had had some guns stockpiled now, which I always thought was crazy up until very recently. Is that like, how is that affecting your, your movement? Well, you know, the first thing I would say is that every high income country is struggling with the coronavirus crisis. Only America is giving civilians easy access to arsenals and ammunition. And as a result, we're seeing a huge uptick in domestic gun violence, in gun suicides, in unintentional shootings by children. So, you know, we're not seeing the historic number of guns sold in March and April being used to stop situations, uh, you know, that, that you're talking about, that you're worried about. We're seeing- I, I believe that. I just mean like, yeah. I think the, ba the bad, th I think the worst is yet to come. Like, I, I think it's like, it seems like something crazy is going to happen pretty soon. Like, I, I don't know. I, it's weird for me because, like I said, I never was like, I don't need a gun. Like, I live in cities my whole life, never felt like I'd be armed. But now, Why do you feel like you need to be armed now? I, I don't get it. I mean, if that if cops don't want to do go go to work and all that shit, like, what do you think the next thing is going to happen? The purge. That all the, all the, hey, defund police. And I hear people, that's a good start. Yeah, you know, Iraq war had a great fucking start. Let's concentrate on the ending and not doing that. And that's very scary to me. So... I'd rather just have it in case something pops off because luckily where I live, nothing too bad. Like sh shit got broken up close to me where I live in, uh, I live in West Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And uh, just all that happened where I live is they, some, somebody peeled off the main group and stole our mail and packages or else someone in the building did it while the <laughs> march was going by. I, very bizarre. So that's all that happened. But, you know, I wish I didn't live in a city now as things are, you know, I can't go to the comedy store. That's the only reason I live in LA was to hang out at the comedy store. Uh, and it looks like this is a city and it's, and especially in urban centers, that's where the police are extra unpot. You know, just murder shootings are up um, in New York, 70%. I just saw in NYC. So when they, when that, when we get to RoboCop times, I, it just seems like something bad's coming. I don't see this being a good, and, and I honestly, I, as much as everybody has like Trump, I don't, I think he's going to end up winning again. That's going to be a big riot when that happens. And it just seems like, uh, you know, it's really crazy. It seems like the end of the world to me. So now I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm, I wish I had a gun for that. Shanna, do you see that affecting you at all? Your, your, um, your work? Well, again, you know, this is a uniquely American issue. And we have a gun lobby that exploits tragedy, fear, natural disasters, et cetera, to juice gun sales. We have to remember that gun sales were way down after Donald Trump was elected uh, because there was no boogeyman in the White House to make people afraid their guns would be taken away. 
And so gun sales were down about $100 million at least. Interesting. Um, and so when this tragedy happened, and look, we saw it all the way back to Katrina with the NRA using uh, these kinds of disasters to juice gun sales, you know, this, this was their moment um, to do exactly that. And you've got the president, you know, tweeting things like liberate your states. And, and, and this is all fomenting um, this, this fear that people need to have guns to protect themselves. And again, if people care about the data, you would see that um, there is no data that shows you that, that guns are, are making you safer. Um, in fact, they're much more likely to be used against you or by a family member. And so it, it just, it's, um, it's something that is uh, specific to America that we have bought into the gun lobby's agenda in order to sell guns. Oh, I'm sorry, can I ask about that? When you said there's no data to say that guns make you safer. You're talking about statistically. You just mean like statistically, like statistically you're more likely to shoot yourself than a, you're referring to Statistically, that. the gun that you purchase is more likely to be used against you, either by someone who is an intruder or by yourself to use it for gun suicide. You know, we have I, I, uh, I, about 20,000. I'm not going to shoot myself with a gun. No one's going to take it away from me. Ah, it's, debatable, it's debatable. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I, but, but look, you understand. I'm like, that's why I asked about every town. Cause I was like, when I was wor working on Amy's show, we had, they came in to talk about guns. Cause remember her movie got shot up and um, they were very reasonable. I thought the, they're, you know, I, the things you're describing were very reasonable. I don't think they were like some kind of uh, gun grab or anything. I'm not just, you know, like I'm not, I mostly try to avoid the news. Like I, I don't want to, so I'm not like being fed NRA propaganda. Like I'm seeing the shit outside my house and it's not like, I, I, you know, if, if guns didn't statistically keep you safe or cops wouldn't have them <laughs> and soldiers wouldn't have them and all, you know, like that statistic thing, I, I it's the same yeah, as but we've like, got, well, we've got civilians with 400 million guns in their hands in this country. So, I mean, it's just a completely different dynamic. Well, than that's other right. Countries. Everybody's half armed. And when, and if a civil war happens, I don't want to be one of the non-gun people. <laughs> everybody else had fucking guns like and the Kurt, anyway Kurt you don't object to all the things that she that, that, that she tried I out. thought they were very reasonable sounding and I, back when I heard them when we had the person come in I thought they were reasonable it's yeah, just and, and I'm not arguing that you shouldn't buy a gun I mean if, if you want to use a gun for self-defense that is certainly within your your right that the issue is that, that we're talking about is one is it true that it would make you safer but two if you've had a background check and train adequate training, then you know that's totally your decision. Well, you know what I think would make me safer—a private security team. But I can't afford that. But I probably yeah, well, can't afford I don't know if the implication is that I have one, but I'm a full-time volunteer uh, with Moms Demand Action, and you know the 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 people that we have um, who go to events, their their whole thing is you know getting me to the hospital as quickly as possible if something were to happen. And you know I do this work as a mom of five, as a volunteer, despite threats all the time, because I simply think people should have to have a background check on when they buy a gun. That's it. You have five, five kids? Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, he's Shannon, when they get. <laughs> Shannon, I, I agree with you about all those, the background checks and, you know, they should, you know, they should have a lot of hoops to go through to get a gun. But I do kind of agree with Kurt. This, um, I am suspicious of this guns don't keep you safe. If you know, you aggregate the data and there's, you know, 60, 40, the, it, it doesn't mean that the 40% uh, were stupid for buying a gun. Um, and obviously there's a huge deterrent effect that can't be measured of people who are known to be armed or, 
in you know North Dakota or something where people kind of expect people to have guns in their houses and people don't mess with people. They expect to be armed and you can't, can't I, I don't know how they measure that statistically, but when you aggregate statistics, that doesn't mean that everybody falls on the other side was stupid for buying a gun. It just means- No, I don't think it's about being stupid. People want to get a gun for self-defense. So they absolutely can. It. I'm talking about the data it. that shows that America- So look, if-, if Wait, if let, let me just rephrase it. Wait, wait, hold on, wait. No, will you get in the frame? Yeah. <laughs> let me just, just, she, of you. Let me just <laughs> rephrase it. It doesn't mean that people who bought the gun made themselves less safe by buying the gun. Forget about stupid. Plenty of people who buy a gun do make themselves safer. But it actually does, the data actually does show that that is not accurate. No, in the um, aggregate, but it doesn't, it, it, you, but in the aggregate out of a thousand people, 400 of them may have been made safer. So and, explain, and, to me, explain to me why in a country with, with 400 million guns in the hands of civilians, we have a 25 times higher gun homicide rate than any other high income country. Well, let me tell you, I, I used to, I, I don't, I would never want a gun now, but there was a time in the city in the nineties. Again, I think there should be background checks, all kinds of checks, but it, there was a time in the nineties when things were dangerous, when both my mother and my father were violently mugged, one of them at gunpoint. And I was walking around um, with cash. Um, I wanted to get a gun. To, to protect myself, um, two people I knew had almost been killed and they were unarmed. And I maybe, you know, if, if somebody knew I was armed, they wouldn't mess with me. But anyway, that, that kind of error, that, that, that time is passed in New York, but it doesn't seem to have passed. That's because they're, they now have stronger gun laws in the state. Well, but that's not why it's passed. I, I think, you know, you're. It doesn't, seem, whether, it doesn't seem to have passed in Chicago. I think you're arguing whether guns make you feel safer. And, and I'm not going to argue with that. If you think that's the case, then you do. And you have the right to have a gun for self-defense. That, that I don't think, is, is the argument. Well, I, I'm not I, arguing with you because I, I agree with everything on your agenda. I just, I just, you know, we're all saying, like, we're really... I, I would have said, all, like, I would have said to myself, well, more the statistic thing that you just, I would have, like, I'm more statistically likely to shoot my... I would have just thought of it like that. But now things are, like, with the pandemic especially. Oh, last week, you know, with the, the guy, what was the guy, Stephen Levitsky, that we had, you had? Yeah, yeah, from here. He was talking about the Michigan, uh, you know, those Michigan protesters and militia guys all had guns. Yeah. He was like, and they were threatening the state. Like, by the way, that's what the guns are for, to directly threaten the government. That's why we have them. Uh, the, those, those were peaceful, those demonstrations, even if it was scary and they had guns. Nobody shit got burned <laughs> nothing got destroyed because everybody had a gun that's why nothing popped off well, that, that's actually not oh, true uh, well, first of all open carry in this country which is legal in 45 states and almost totally unregulated is it is culturally obscene and the fact that you can bring a semi-automatic rifle to the michigan state house to essentially threaten lawmakers lives to silence and intimidate the opposition to undermine democracy. Well, only cops can is, do that. Yes, it is. Only cops can do that. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, absolutely... I don't know what news you're watching, but that ain't how it is now. We're, we're defunding them. Remember? Her, you don't just the other day that. in New Mexico, someone who was open carrying shot someone when they were trying to take down a statue. So it isn't totally peaceful or safe. Yeah, no, I saw that. I, uh, that's why I'm saying things are going crazy now. It's going to be a war. It's like if this becomes, uh, you know, Serbia in the 90s or whatever, all this is all nothing. nothing. It's a war, you know, like uh, this is, I'm just saying, my only thing is like all the, all the thing about guns now seems like an old dynamic because 
Well, you think things are about to get better? Because now- Well, that, <clears throat> the polling data shows us the opposite. In fact, the polling data shows us that the COVID crisis and, and the, the increase in gun violence we're seeing has made voters even more energized about voting for gun safety candidates in 2020. Shannon, let, let me, let me, let me, uh, say, so, um, you know, my, my issue is, is not Kurtz. I, I tend to agree with you. I don't like the, uh, you know, Michigan having guns. I don't, I don't know how many people get killed that way, but I don't like it. But, but this does bother me more. And I wonder what you're, what you, you must've thought about it. The Washington post had a pretty long, I think it was the Washington post article a couple of years ago, but when they went through every school shooting, every mass shooting, mm-hmm. and, and they analyzed whether the proposed gun laws would have affected them. And I think it was a hundred percent. No, that, that every single one of those scenarios played out in a way that would have not have been affected by all the various gun laws that are being proposed. And that really threw me for a loop. You, you know what I'm referring to, correct? I'm assuming you're talking about background checks specifically because- Oh, they went through everything. They went through everything. No, that's uh, absolutely not. Uh, If you look at mass shootings and school shootings in this country, which by the way, are less than 1% of the gun violence in this country, most school shootings are carried out by students who get their access to guns at home. And that means that adult gun owners are not storing them locked, unloaded, separate from ammunition, right? So something like a child access prevention law that holds adults accountable for safely storing their firearms could help, absolutely. Also, red flag laws. These are now passed in 19 states. It allows families or police officers to temporarily, uh, to get a restraining order that removes guns temporarily from someone who's a danger to themselves or others. In most mass shootings and school shootings, there are signs ahead of time. And that's why so many states are now passing these laws because they can do something now if someone is making threats online or uh, telling someone they're considering carrying out a horrific crime. So Shannon, everybody, like everything you said make a lot of sense. Why hasn't it passed all these years? Well, so look, I, I agree. I mean, I think we're all waiting for this cathartic moment in Congress, but we have uh, a Congress that's made up too, of too many people who have been beholden for decades to the gun lobby. It's why we started doing this work in the states. And we have now passed background checks in 22 states. We've passed red flag laws in 19. We've passed laws that disarm domestic abusers in 28. So we are making significant progress. I, I think that the reality is that Congress is where this work ends. It's not where it begins. Did you? I'm, uh, I'm putting up in the chat in case the, the the article that I was referring to, just in case um you know. Yeah, so can, can you t- can you touch more on uh, the, it doesn't start with the Congress and ends with it? Yeah, I I think that that this work will end in Congress. So we need federal laws, right? Each state law is important, and data shows they work. But you are only as safe as the closest state with the weakest gun laws. Guns go across state borders as easily as cars do. So we we need these laws passed at a federal level. Um, and you know I am really hopeful we'll win in 2020 and be able to pass laws that the House has already passed that the Senate refuses to to vote on. So let me ask you two two more questions. Um, I don't you, you I don't know if you can see the chat because I this is the Washington Post where they went through all the shootings. Um, what uh. I mean, isn't it true that gun laws are only so so good, just like drug laws? The, people, the, the guns like that people are killing themselves with in Chicago are not legal guns. I mean, guns will always be available 
to criminals, right? right? And do you know where most of the illegal guns in Chicago come from? They might come legally at some point, but I, I don't. They come from Indiana, where right. but, you but can buy my... a gun without a background check. You can you, essentially what yeah. happens is you get in your car in wait. Chicago, wait. you drive wait. twenty minutes, wait. you load your car up at a gun show, I understand. and then you drive right back across into Chicago. And I, I understand that that's the easiest way now, but realistically, is there a precedent uh, for government successfully ever getting rid of uh, something that? people wanted to buy and use illegally I, I, like whether it's drugs or alcohol i mean that everything cigarettes everything bad has been they've attempted to ban them at one ban it at one time and sadly um i don't know anyone who's trying to ban them i, I know people are trying to regulate them why, well, why would this be different than drugs or alcohol so i i would compare it to vehicle deaths right so there were out of control number of vehicle deaths, whether it was from drunk driving, whether it was from um, unsophisticated car technology. And, and so it took a whole host of solutions to address vehicle deaths in this country, whether it was drunk driving laws, whether it was rumble strips, speed limits, um, seatbelt laws. We didn't outlaw cars. We just made them safer. We regulated them. Yeah. So, so uh, do you have support from politicians? We have a huge amount of support from, from lawmakers in this country. And in fact, it is becoming much more bipartisan, the support, um, you know, across the aisle. And I have one more, I have one more just before, he, because I, the second part of my question was, and how do you, there's 400 million guns or 300 million guns in the country now? How do you get about rid of- About 400 million guns. But, but what's interesting is that a very small segment of, of Americans own more than half of those guns. I think it's something like, 10% of, of gun owners own the vast majority of the guns in this country because, again, the, the gun lobby has convinced them they need an arsenal. Okay, well, here's a, good, here's, a good way to ask, here's a good way to ask the question. Last weekend, I think it was last week, weekend before, Chicago had its all-time record in history of murders and shootings in one day. How long do you think from the time that all these laws are passed that you're advocating, would we see a dent in that kind of violence in Chicago? How many years, 10 years, 20 years, realistically? Well, I mean, we're seeing, as, as soon as we pass a stronger gun law, like background checks or red flag laws, um, disarming domestic abusers, as soon as the data comes in, which you know can take a year or two, you definitely see an impact of those laws on reducing gun deaths. Oh, you so, see, has it happened? I'm, I'm curious. Like. <clears throat> Places have yes. it in the day, like uh, just to ask, yes. I don't doubt you, I just aware. Yeah, yeah, uh, Connecticut is a great example where they've seen a huge reduction, particularly in gun suicides by passing a, a red flag law. And then if you look at a state like Missouri, where uh, they had really strong gun laws and then they undid them all, they've seen gun homicides and gun suicides go through the oh, roof so, in that so state. I'm such a pessimist, and really that's where I'm coming from. <clears throat> When they, when they saw a reduction in gun suicide, uh, did they see a reduction in suicide? Or did people just kill each other, you know, like? <laughs> yes, they did. They saw most a huge reduction in suicide. suicides in America. Like, I think the decision to kill yourself comes first. And then if you can't get a gun, you lock yourself in the garage or whatever it is. It's, There's actually, it's actually not true. More so <laughs> it's not true. Gun, okay. gun suicide is much more fatal than other types of suicide. Um, for example, if you compare America to other high-income countries. So... 
most often when people survive a suicide, they do not attempt to die by suicide again, unlike in America where it's typically fatal the first time. And, and, I, and, and I, also... I, I wanted to say that I looked at this article you put in the chat and, and they were saying specifically that assault weapons bans would not reduce the amount of mass shootings in this country. <clears throat> That's, that is not an argument that we make, that that, that, that would be the case. We do talk about reducing high-capacity magazines, but this article does not mention background checks, red flag laws, <clears throat> or disarming domestic abusers. Shannon, so, how yeah, about intense psychological testing before so you can sell a gun to someone? Because none of these guys on this podcast should have a gun. No one I know in I don't want to. life should not have a gun. The fact that you buy a gun out of fear to me is troublesome. Um, would you the whole it? thing, yeah, the whole thing, I, I don't buy it. I don't think people should just have guns like that. I just don't. No, Shannon, I'm sorry. They should ban them for Sh sport. Shannon, it's, it's you, just... You, you didn't, I don't think you read that article through. For instance, it talks about... I did. Well, it says July 16, 2015, it refers to the, the Senate bill to extend background checks would have would have included online sales, but because it talks about background checks here. It's no, not, look at their summary at the end. They're specifically oh, I, I, talking about, talk about assault weapons bans and- It does talk about that, but it also talks about background checks extensively. Well, what is the background check? What are they checking? I mean- Exactly. Criminal record, probably? They do so, not so, argue that background checks don't reduce deaths. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I don't think I a background check means you. anything. It says the shooter- I mean, you can buy a gun with your ID. Couldn't it? I mean, it's it like wouldn't mean so well, Shannon, Washington Post may not be correct here. You know, that's why I asked you. Not, please read the part where it says background checks do not reduce gun death. No, I, I didn't. What I said was, to be fair to me, I said that they went through a list of shootings and they, and they analyzed whether background checks or the assault weapon file or, or very, a few different measures here, I don't, you know, would have prevented the shootings that they picked, I, I, I don't know what the, what the criterion was for, for the things that they picked, and they decided no. Now, that doesn't mean they're right. That's why I asked you, because you know, I, you're an expert, but- I, I think I, we I differ on, on the take of this article. It, it is specifically about an, an assault weapon ban, but, but that's fine. I mean, I, you know, you can- the, about The Dylan data Crow. is out here's, there that shows the background checks Dylan, are in Dylan fact effective. Here, I'll read and it out loud. This is Dylan Roof. This appears to be an example of existing law that apparently failed, though some analysts believe Roof actually would have passed the background checks. They had done a background check on Dylan Roof. The FBI statement incorrectly referred to a felony drug charge, but it was actually a misdemeanor. He did not admit to being an addict. The FBI said Roof denied a gun based on inference of current use. There are also reports that his parents took away the gun from him at some point, but then he took it back. So, and, and so I want to point out that this 215, the 2015 article does and explains he, he, he that there's something weapon. called a Charleston. Yes. So listen to here. I will tell you what would have stopped the shooting by Dylan Roof is a uh, law that would close the Charleston loophole. It's something that has passed the U.S. House. And the reason he got a gun was because it took more than three days to complete his background check. He had a complicated criminal history. We now know since this article was written that he should not have had a gun. He was a prohibited purchaser. And because this loophole in the law allows licensed dealers to sell guns without a background check after three days, that's what? how he got his gun. And, and not so to mention, funny. regardless if, if, if the says said whatever, it makes sense 
It says, but it says here that he says that analysts believe he would have passed the background check. That's what it's but, but this was 2015. It is yeah. common knowledge that he was a prohibited purchaser and should not have been able to buy a gun. Okay, well, okay. Shannon, please understand. I'm on your side. About, I'm on your side about this, but I always just, I appreciate that. But no, but, 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 but I just, but, so, but, but nevertheless, it's, it's just my nature that you say that. And then I, then I try to find, you know, back, back up for it to know so that I can then turn around and say it to somebody and they say, well, how do you know that? And I say, well, Shannon told me, I said, I want to be able to say, no, well, here it is in, yeah. in, uh, in a recent article or something. So, and, so yeah, yeah go, ahead. go ahead. So Shannon, why did you, uh, why did you choose moms demand actually? Like why, why, why moms specifically to start with? I, I think like for, you know, again, as I mentioned, I'm a mom of five and mm -hmm. You know, I, I was afraid my kids weren't safe in their schools and I had essentially been living in a bubble, right? Not realizing that over 100 Americans are shot and killed in this country every single day. Uh, much of that in rural communities and city centers, whether it's gun suicide or gun homicide, and that there were very prescriptive ways to reduce the number of gun deaths in this country. And so we have been working on this now for almost eight years, culturally, legislatively, electorally. We're getting ready to spend $60 million in the November elections. Um, and, and all of that work, you know, what I call the unglamorous heavy lifting of grassroots activism has hugely changed the conversation. I mean, this used to be a third rail issue in American politics. And now, at least, you know, the Democratic presidential candidates, they were all competing to see who could be the best on it. And, and I, I think one of the best examples is the fact that in 2019, in the NRA's backyard, we both chambers of the Virginia General Assembly. And since then, the governor signed seven new good gun laws. So it's, it's just work that takes time. And do you think the change should come from the top? Like, does it matter uh, which president or does it come from Congress and, and lower um, politicians? Because Obama, what? nothing really happened during Obama. Well, you know, President Obama spent most of his political capital in the first two years that there was both a Democratic Congress and a president on health care. And after that, ever since then, we've either had a Republican president, a Republican Congress, or both, right? So it's very difficult when you don't have agreement um, to, to get legislation like this passed. I'm really hopeful that we'll elect Joe Biden and that we'll flip the Senate and hold the House. And then we can have these laws at a federal level. But until then, um, you know, we're gonna continue to go state by state. And the other big piece of this is that, you know, we spend a lot of time and energy stopping the NRA's agenda, not just passing good gun bills, but we have a 90% track record of stopping the NRA's agenda every year for the last five years, like putting guns on college campuses, forcing teachers to be armed, something called permitless carry, which means you don't have to have a background check or training to carry a lit, uh, loaded concealed handgun. And stand your ground laws, which we know disproportionately impact black and brown Americans. So, you know, this is, this is hard work and it takes a while. You know, uh, that you were talking about uh, the T, this is something a friend of mine is a guy, he has a channel, he doesn't talk about this stuff, but on YouTube, but he's an ex veteran. He was talking about how bad of an idea, and he's a guy, he's into guns. like the teachers being armed thing that they were saying. Mm -hmm. He was saying like, as a soldier, how terrible of an idea that is because the thing is a soldier, like where's my gun at all times? You gotta, you know, mm -hmm. that's my rifle's my life. And you know, they do the rhymes and to, cause you can't. So to take a, 
underpaid public school teacher and now you got to keep track of a firearm while you're trying to teach yep. these like, overcrowded rooms is like a disaster idea it's horrible I'm not sure and, why and, I'm not sure why anybody who lives in an inner city would need a gun they don't really have property to protect they're all renting apartments there is there is nobody who lives in an inner city that really needs a gun what we should just city? ban that completely what do you consider i mean what do you consider inner city first of all like, like new york city well when i live in washington heights i knew a bunch of people had guns but they were drug dealers that's why they had they had stuff to protect they had you know drugs <laughs> and their junkies would try to rob them a lot so they had they should not have guns well i, I was illegal i don't think they were legal but uh, <laughs> In inner city, if you're involved in inner city doings, that's probably why you're gonna feel you need a gun. So Shannon, what, what other organizations you work with? We work with all of the, the organizations in the space. You know, Gabby Giffords has a group. Um, they talk a lot to gun owners specifically. Um, and there are a lot of community organizations that are doing this work. Um, you know, I was talking about gun violence uh, in city centers where, um, you know, Black women in particular have been using their bodies to stop gun violence by standing on street corners and, and by interrupting gun violence before it starts. For... Wow, the way you said that sounded like prostitution. <laughs> no, I mean like they're using their bodies. bodies. I mean, literally they... standing on the yeah, street right. trying to prevent gun violence okay. in their communities. It's That's truly heroic. Know they've had enough. They're actually like, they've had yes. it. That's crazy. Um, yeah, well, I, are you, aren't you afraid there's going to be a thing? I mean, it seems like things are out of control. There's a, isn't there a whole block radius in Seattle that's just take? In fact, I think they just had a shooting. I can't remember what it's called. Two shootings, yeah. one person yeah. was murdered. Yeah. Um, and that was, uh, and the guy who was running that was handing out AKs out of his trunk to people. Did you see the videos of that? He goes, anybody know how to use a gun? And one guy's like, I do. <laughs> he just gives him an AK. <laughs> Holy so, so how do you fight against that if, if if you know people have guns and then we get a gun how are we fighting against that that makes no sense well you shoot them i think is no no we, no i'm not look i was raised jehovah's witness i wasn't even allowed to play with toy guns so but i think the idea is they have a gun so you do and then you shoot first this is how you fight just to answer so I, I looked up shannon um just on the connecticut thing it se there seems to be some you know there is definitely evidence for that Connecticut saw a 15.4% reduction in suicide by handgun. Um, but it also says that the overall suicide rate was going down at the same time. So they're, they're hesitant to be, to be sure that correlation is causation. But it definitely seems like it. I, personally, I, I, you know, it, when we bring suicide into the mix, um, I, not to be callous, I, when I think about gun violence, I'm really more concerned about innocent people being killed by um, well, no, wait a minute, that, others. I, you I know, like but suicide uh, is an interesting part of that story. Yeah. Wait, I, I'm by the way, not, not spoiler alert. I'm not an expert on anything, but uh, a lot of the mass shootings, a lot of them, they seem like those are suicide stories, but it's suicide American style. Like you know, if you're in Japan, you commit suicide. You go in the forest and you don't bother it's anybody. Cop. And in America, yeah, death by cop mass shooting like go out big because you know you know how america is a big ponzi scheme and like everybody can't win so people are like i'm not just gonna die i'm gonna go out and everyone's gonna know and then the media they they say everything about you and they report everything it's like a a viral effect of like oh i'm a loser too hey i could go out and then everybody see what my problem was and read my fucking manifesto and, it, and i think it's almost like a lot of them are suicide stories like there, there seems to be a cultural problem i mean those laws sound good to me i'm not against them but 
the, the massive cultural problem when you're like, well, how come other countries don't have this? Well, they're not pitted in a desperate Amway-like struggle. <laughs> like, you know, they get healthcare and they get all kinds of shit that we don't get here. And, and much like a pyramid scheme in America, if you don't succeed, it's your fault. Like, if you don't make Amway work, that must have been you. It's not the system. Kurt, I'm worried. You, you thought about this too much. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I, no, I mean, I, it's, it's worse than that, Kurt. It's, you know, whether you want to call it racism or, or whatever you want to attribute it to, if you look at the stats, actually, it's, a pro it's not a problem of, it's, it's a problem of two Americas. Gun violence, uh, death yeah. by his gun is um, 12 times higher or 13 times higher among minorities than, than non-minorities. As a matter of fact, my, the, with all our guns in America, with all our guns in America, we, we lose one more person per 100,000, one more white person per 100,000 than Canada with all our guns. But for non-white people, it's tragic. And um, Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's like the people that are in the most... Yeah. You know, when, when, why in the inner city would you need a gun? Because you're trying to sell drugs to get out of being in the inner city. And that's how you protect your drugs. That's not and, why they're selling drugs. They're not well, trying to get out of the city. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I, not <laughs> I mean, it's, it's life of, they don't sell drugs because they're trying to put food on the table. Okay? Well, that, I just that's mean, not why people sell Get out sell of being drugs. poor. Get out of being poor is what I'm saying. That's not so, why they sell drugs. So, Shannon, they sell drugs to not get out of, to it's be rich? A, no. Oh. They, it's because a lot of them, it's just an easier way to get money. It's a, the, it's a form of laziness. I mean, I grew up, I, I have a lot of family members who did things illegally. And it's not because that they didn't have, they, that they weren't provided for. It's just a, a right, easier, oh, right, quicker right, way to right. go get something. Yes. The, I'm just saying that the, the, there's a certain level of like, well, what are my options here? Okay. Because so, so, like, I know a lot. Yeah, what are my options? Go to school, work hard, get an education or deal drugs. Well, exactly. you, you got to be kind of smart for that. Like, what if I'm dumb? What if I'm just dumb and violent? What Listen, so, like everybody uh, else, you take the civil test, you become, you work cop? for sanitation, <laughs> you become a cop, you drive the train. You want to shoot a gun, you become right. a cop. So, so Shannon, Shannon, do you think um, you're going to turn it to a political party at some point or run for office or something like that? Run for government <laughs> um, position? No, I... I really enjoy what I'm doing as a volunteer. I feel like I'm making a ton of headway um, with Moms Demand Action. And my, you know, I really enjoy helping other women run for office. Women only hold about 20% of the 500,000 elected positions in this country. So that is part of, of the work we do, which is to train and prepare and urge uh, women across the country to run for office at all levels because you know as the saying goes if you don't have a seat at the table you're probably on the menu and the violence against women act is a really good example of that um, it's a bill that should have been reauthorized it's sitting on mitch mcconnell's desk but the reason he's not is because the nra is grading lawmakers on how they vote on this bill because it includes a provision that would prevent domestic abusers from having easy access to guns and so I think, honestly, if, if more women did hold office in this country, especially this issue, would be a lot different. What's in that? I don't know what's in that act. What, what is in it? What's a what? what? What's actually in the Violence Against Women Act? I, I don't, I've heard of it, but I have no idea. What, you know, it, like, it essentially reauthorizes fundings to um, address violence against women, particularly domestic violence. And this is the first time that provision has ever been in there. It's It's called the boyfriend loophole. Uh, Amy Klobuchar worked to pass legislation that, that obviously Mitch McConnell did not bring for a vote either, but it, there's, a, there's a loophole in our law 
that does not include stalkers or dating partners as prohibited purchasers, even if they're convicted of domestic abuse. Um, and so this would simply close that loophole. Um, what about, I'm just like looking this up though, but the thing, you know, I guess the ACLU is probably different. Make that clear. Different. If you stalk your girlfriend, you cannot get a gun. That's um, what that should be the case. <laughs> we need that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's probably a good idea. I, I don't, you know, uh, what was it? Parkland. The, the guy, I think it was Parkland, that guy, the, he, like people saw, they weren't like surprised, you know, you hear like, Oh, they seem so normal. Like they, nobody was saying that they were, I think they called the FBI. Because <laughs> the guy well, was openly saying, I'm going to do this. That's why we passed a red flag law in Florida soon after the Parkland tragedy was because, again, there were signs. And, you know, if, if police had a way to remove his guns, at least temporarily, to say, you know, is this, is this kid a danger to himself or others? So they weren't allowed to do that because of the reports of his threats? It, really? They, wow, no shit. Without a red flag law, you cannot temporarily disarm someone who is a danger to themselves or others. And, and, and in fact, it's you know, why we passed the law in California. If you remember that UCSB student uh, who shot um, so many people on campus and, and seemed to be an incel who was targeting a lot of women in a sorority, his parents had called the police over and over in California and they said, mm. there's nothing we can do. We know he's armed and dangerous, but you know, unless he's adjudicated mentally ill or he illegally owns a gun, there's nothing we can do. That's ridiculous. That's weird. Okay. The amount of way too much power the cops have and then no power all of a sudden when you, right. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, we could do a no knock warrant though and just bust in your house and shoot it up. Right. While you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Like how is that possible? This That's great. No uh, can you tell us about your fight against the NRA? Like, how is that going? It is actually going really well. Um, you know, the NRA was once the most powerful, the most wealthy special interest that ever existed. <clears throat> and now, you know, they have um, been under investigation on many fronts, including, you know, giving sweetheart deals to friends and family, um, mismanaging uh, their finances, and uh, they spent over $100 million alone on legal fees. Um, so the NRA, you know, they're weaker than they've ever been going into oh. 2020. It's so why were we like were able a, to beat them. So they're, as an institution, they had gotten kind of like weak and corrupt is what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Wow. Very. Wait, what's no one looking at? That's, that's, that's crazy. So, um, so what's your plan for the coming election? So we're going to spend $60 million in 2020. Um, we're continuing to roll out how that will be spent, but we know we'll spend at least $8 million in Texas where we can win the house just by flipping nine seats. Uh, we're going to spend $5 million in Arizona. Um, and, and really what these states have in common is a younger, demographically diverse voting base that, that needs to turn out. And if they do, we will win. And so, you know, we're spending about one and a half million dollars on registering at least 100,000 new voters before the election. And, you know, we thought we would be out there physically ringing doorbells by now. Instead, we're, we're doing it digitally, but we're investing a lot of money on, on educating people about who their gun sense candidates are and then how, where, when to vote. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, and and is, is most of your party, like most of your members or uh, Democrats or there's Republicans as well? 
and your members and, and supporters? Yeah, you know, I would say most of our volunteers consider themselves Democrats, but as I said, this is not just a Democratic issue. For example, our, our chapter leader in Indiana was a lifelong Republican who really changed her opinion on this issue after the Sandy Hook tragedy. Um, we have lots of, of uh, Republicans who will work with us on, on some of this legislation. As I mentioned, it does really well at a bipartisan level, things like red flag laws. So, you know, our goal is to get this to a place almost like marriage equality where you know you're on the right side of history if you're on the right side of the issue. And that doesn't happen overnight. You know, for a long time, this was a very, that actually for a long time, this was an issue that even Democrats wouldn't touch. And so the fact that we have them on our side is important. I can go to atheist heaven, the right side of history. <laughs> exactly. Well, Shannon, how does this stop all the teenagers from getting their parents' guns and shooting up the schools? Because, I mean, if, if every, everyone's parents have a gun at home, I, I just, it's just so crazy to me. Well, I mean, not, you know, the, not everybody. We do know about 4.6 million kids live in homes with unsecured guns, which is That's a so lot. dangerous. It's yeah. a lot. And, and it may have increased, right, since the pandemic started. Um, we know that the states that have laws that hold adults accountable for responsibly storing their firearms, um, we know those laws work. But most of them are just a misdemeanor and a $400 fine, right, if your kid gets a gun and shoots themselves or someone else. So, so why does it work? That, I mean, it doesn't seem like that's enough. They're like, oh, uh, we're going to get a fine. We left it around. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think there needs to be strong penalties for negligent gun owners when when their negligence results in injury or death, for sure. But if you look at drunk driving back in the 80s, you know, you can remember someone getting in their car, driving drunk, killing their family, and people would say, oh, you know, what a tragedy. We can't punish them. They've suffered enough. And that's not the case anymore. And I, I think at some point, it'll be the same with, with easy access to guns for kids. So what's, what's your short goal, short-term goals? And we know the long-term goals. What do you think we can accomplish, with, like say, within a year? Well, we want to win in November and we want to be able to quickly pass the federal gun laws that are sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk um, and then hopefully have even more strong gun laws that, that keep Americans safe and save lives. Um, we're still working in state legislatures. Some are still in session. So we're, we're stopping bad laws and, and working to pass good. Um, and we're educating people. I mean, you know, in the, in the wake of this historic number of gun sales, we have to educate people about the importance of secure gun storage. So our program, Be Smart, and the website's besmartforkids.org, teaches people how to responsibly store their guns, but also it teaches parents how to ask the question when you send kids to their friends' and families' homes. And, you know, there yeah. were no school shootings in March or April. And I'm really worried about what happens in the fall when kids go back to school. Oh, Shannon, I wanted to ask you about that before, because uh, when I was growing up, my mom, did you now before you got into this, were you like worried about if there was a gun in the house where your kids played and that kind of thing? Because I, I growing up, my mom no. couldn't go anywhere. My mother was like, I want to know if they have a gun. This is like now in the 80s. My mother's like, do they have a no. gun in the house where they keep their gun? She wanted wow. to know. Yeah, and she I grew was up in always, the 80s, too. Uh, my, my parents, I mean, I don't even think that was ever a thought for them. <laughs> well, Mine either. My mom would watch the, you know, kids were getting shot back then. So she, uh, 
I don't know. But she, you know, also, like I said, we are Jehovah's Witnesses, so we we're very hyper nonviolent. So I, I wasn't even allowed to play with toy guns, you know, uh-huh. which uh, mm. just made did them you, more. Did your violent. friends' parents have guns that you knew about, or? One of my friends' dad was a detective, so he had oh. one. So I was like, all right, well, the detective probably doesn't have his gun laying around like an idiot. And then, right. But she was very like on top of that. Another good thing I give it to my mom. She she told us about no one's allowed to touch you, and like, I can't even believe how many people, their parents never even. Not to mention it to him. Mm-hmm. My yeah. first, my first girlfriend ever. Um, she told me to come over. I went over. And she's like, "Do you want to see my dad's gun?" I was like, "Your dad has a gun," and that affected me till now. Was this in the Middle East or here? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, this was in the Middle East. Everybody has guns, you know. Right, right. Guns. That's <laughs> interesting because that. What kind of conversation am I going to have with my kids? You know, it's like you go to someone's house and if their parents have a gun, call me ASAP. We're picking you up because this is crazy. Especially if the kids have access to it, they're showing it to other kids. That's insane. We know that st- data shows us that even if you teach kids not to touch a gun, especially boys, curiosity will often get the best of them no matter what. And so... Our program puts the onus on adults to always store their guns safely, whether it's in cars or or homes, that it's really up to adults, you know, to to make sure that they're storing their guns safely. I mean, our car is a safe place to hold a gun. I mean, if you leave your gun in the car and someone steals your car, they now have access to your gun. Well, many illegal guns start out as legal guns that are left in people's cars. The amount of guns stolen Uh, out of vehicles in this country is insane. Yeah. Um, you know, the, when I lived down south, as a, I used to live in uh, North Carolina in Statesville, and uh, my friend Shane, a bu- that was like a bunch of people. I never saw the people, like I said, my mom would check with who I hung out with, to feel, but I, a bunch of gun owners there, and the kids knew how to fire guns, and it was very, they were all like, none of them would have done some dumb shit with a gun that I hung out with, and we were, this is like the fifth grade. But they were like, they'd go hunt with their dad and all that kind of, and they had like a, so I never saw like, I mean, I'm probably pretty lucky because I moved, lived in a lot of places, but I never saw like that jerk off kids like, hey, my dad's gun. And like, let's play William Tell. Like, I never saw anything like that. The only people I encountered were, uh, you know, it was like, they were, people were like hunters and their kids did it with their dad. Or a lot of them would like use bows and stuff. And like, you know, I, there's a, a real country contingent of people that it's not, they're not just like uh, leaving their shit around. They're pretty responsible yeah. with it. I, the majority of gun owners are responsible. 80% of gun owners in this country support stronger gun laws like a background check and every gun sale. And it's important to keep in mind that only one in 10 of that number of gun owners in this country even belongs to the NRA. And a Republican pollster, Frank Luntz, did a, a survey of NRA members and found 74% of them support stronger gun laws. So oh, right, yeah. most Americans are on the same page. It's really about a really radicalized gun lobby and some lawmakers who are beholden to them. Do you, is it because, okay, because that's a, I think that's a very interesting thing that you just said about the most of the members aren't in line with what the, the yep. head thinks. Like, is that because, are they like getting money, you know, do they get a lot of money from like Raytheon or whoever owns the gun manufacturers? And that's so, why they're so disconnected from the members? The NRA, and again, they're, they're in financial trouble, but at, after the Sandy Hook tragedy, their annual budget went up $100 million to about $350 million. And most of that money comes from gun manufacturers, right? So the NRA could have zero members and still be incredibly wealthy. 
The other interesting thing is that the NRA has been pulled to the right, kind of like the Tea Party pulled Congress to the right. You mean they're like the DNC? <laughs> They've been pulled to the right by these gun groups in states that believe any law whatsoever is an infringement on the Second Amendment. Right. And so the NRA has had to sort of kowtow to them. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's a dis there's like a society wide disconnect between institutions and the people they're supposed to be. It's really something. I don't see anybody who's like any one of these groups. I mean, it sounds good, like what you guys are doing, but like well, NRA, all these institutions are like corrupt now. They're all like not for the thing they were intended. Yeah, the NRA, NRA certainly is. And how do we stop people from getting guns illegally? Because I grew up in a neighborhood where. And as soon as it got dark, my mom was like, get in the house. And we hear gunshots all throughout the night. Where, where at, Juanita? Where I grew up in the uh, late 70s, early 80s in Bushwick. And that was my entire life, you know? Juanita, so, I, when I lived in Bushwick, we lived in a loft. This uh, Dominic, little Dominican kid used to hang out in the loft. Like, you know, some of the hipsters took a shine to him. And uh, one time he was in there and he had a grenade. <laughs> His kid had a grenade yeah, he brought from home. It's crazy the things that they get, you know? <laughs> I had an uncle who went to Vietnam and he came back. He was a little nutty and he used to make little handguns and things and leave them around. And I remember even after he had died, he had died in a shooting accident. We still would find guns hidden around the house. His legacy continued. Just craziness, you know, on top of growing up in an environment where th there were shootouts every day, you know, and not, no one had a legal gun. No one had a legal gun. Everyone had an illegal gun. That were either drug dealers or whatever they were doing, they right. all had guns. Where was New York? At? You, you know, Chicago, you're saying they get guns from uh, neighboring uh, Indiana. Like in New York, which has strong gun laws, where the, what, what's the state? Is it Pennsylvania or something? Where are people getting illegal guns from? Yeah, I mean, they're all different um, ways or, or state uh, areas near there where lax gun laws result in, in guns going across state borders, you know, New Hampshire has sort of notoriously lax gun laws. Um, but for a long time, it's been Virginia. You know, Virginia is, is at the crux of the Iron Pipeline, which is essentially the I-95 corridor. Yeah. And because the laws were so lax, guns would go from Virginia all up and down, um, you know, that, that highway. And so the, the seven new gun laws signed by the governor um, should address a lot of that, right? Requiring a background check on every gun sale, um, a red flag law, et cetera. So we're, we're interested in seeing the data that, that comes out of these new laws that are being signed. Mm. So for, for gun violence in general, how much you think the following contribute, like video games, uh, movies, you know, poor neighborhood and gun laws, like which one come first, do you think? Well, we know the reason we have so much easy access to guns. We watch the same movies. We play the same video games. We have the same rates of mental illness as other high-income countries. Um, we have a 25 times higher gun rate, and that is because we give civilians such easy, unfettered access to guns. Um, you can compare us you know, to a country like Japan, where there are less than 10 gun deaths every year in that nation. Um, and they, they have a very high rate of playing video games. So what about their it's not deaths? necessarily a correlation. The, the, the reflection is better. Wait, can I ask you a question? I, I was in Alaska like some years ago, and um, which is a very high gun ownership. And I don't know what their numbers are now, but at the time, and, and I don't know if this is like just unique to the culture, but they had, they didn't have a lot of shooting. Like 
it, it was where I was in Anchorage. It was violent. Okay. And people just didn't go get their guns and shoot each other. It was always horrible fist. You know, you hit somebody with a bottle and <laughs> the club I was playing, they, they banned glasses cause everybody kept glassing each other. So they, everybody was mad cause they could only get plastic cups. And, uh, but these are all people with guns in their car, but they wouldn't go and get them. And she, it was just like a cultural thing, very violent, but just didn't use their guns for it. Like what makes, so that's, I mean, they're not, maybe it's well, not Alaska actually has the highest number of gun deaths per capita. So there, there is a huge amount of, of gun violence in that state. For, you mean for the pop for the amount of population? Yes. yes. How does it compare to like, you know, like Chicago or, because I meant, oh, Chicago's probably big numbers, but it's also probably pretty high per capita, right? Yeah. Where did no so, um, uh, can you tell us quickly about also your book, hey. Fight Like a Mother? Yeah, I wrote a book um, last year. It just came out in paperback. All the proceeds go to gun violence prevention organizations, the, the community organizations I mentioned earlier that are working in city centers on this issue. And I really wrote it for three reasons. You know, one, to talk about what it's been like to be the tip of the spear on such a volatile issue. Um, I also wanted it to be uh, a manual so other people could do the same thing. I get asked a lot, you know, how did I start Moms to Be in Action? And then the third was really to encourage people to run for office, uh, particularly women. And, um, you know, it's, it's become sort of a, a manual for our, our organization and our volunteers, but I think that it can be used for any issue. It doesn't just have to be gun violence. What if you, what if the women are like conservative and way on the NRA? What, what, like, what is it about women that makes it extra good? Well, I mean, there's 80 million moms in this country Polling shows the vast majority of them support stronger gun laws. You know, again, when we were talking about the data, it isn't like it's 50-50, Dems versus Republicans. It's the vast majority of Americans who support stronger gun laws. So, you know, that that is is why we've made so much progress so quickly. So women are more opposed to having guns than men. Um, well, we know that gun ownership among women is is very small, right? It's, I think, something like at 12%. And it's it stayed relatively unchanged. It may have changed during the pandemic. But for the most part, um, gun owners in this country are white men over the age of 60. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. So um, are you optimistic for the coming period? Yeah, I really do. I, I, data shows us that, that we could very easily, not easily, but it very possibly flipped the Senate. Um, and, and that would be a huge shift in power that could help us make real reforms. You know, we, we flipped seven state legislatures in 2018. We've already gone into many of them and passed stronger gun laws. I'm hopeful we can do the same in 2020. Um, so yeah, I am very optimistic about, about this issue and, and especially given how weak the NRA is. Why, does it, why do you have to flip uh, the seats? Don't you say some Republicans also support it? The Senate has been really tough that I mean, when I talk about Republicans in support, it's often in state houses, but the, the mm -hmm. Senate, the US Senate, um, those lawmakers, you know, you're not going to get much through the Senate anyway, because Mitch McConnell isn't letting any legislation really go through. Mm -hmm. um, but there are too many senators who have done the NRA's bidding. And I'm hopeful we can defeat a lot of those senators. We certainly did in the last cycle. Did you try to talk to Mitch McConnell on me with him before? 
you know, we have uh, volunteers in every single state. So certainly we've tried to hold meetings and, and have conversations. We always do. But he, you know, as you can imagine, he, he, is, uh, he is a soldier for Donald Trump who took more than $30 million from the NRA. Is it, isn't there going to be an issue with like, because it's interesting to me like to flip seats based on like one issue because aren't like these, aren't a lot of these people like owned by several different lobbies and corporate, like how do you make it that that's the one that's the strongest deciding one when, you know what I mean? Like, let's say, okay. Mitch McConnell because sucks polling shows there's so much support for it. Well, let's say, let's say another thing trumps it, like whoever's against, you know, whoever's against uh, healthcare for everyone, like the healthcare lobby, like if, if there are also being backed, isn't that just like one revenue stream, the gun part, like they're getting paid off by like Wall Street, by the, the uh, uh, healthcare and uh, insurance lobby, uh, defense, you know, the, like if they're sure, if they're propped up by that, like that, that's why I'm curious, like how, how do you get them switched off of one issue? Does that make sense? Well, I mean, we, this for us, this is about galvanizing voters on this issue and getting them to turn out and vote. And then when you defeat them, you know, it, it addresses all the other issues too. But mm. we know that this is an issue that energizes American voters. Mm, I see. Did you have a, a, a politician before that promised um, to support and then flip after winning? Yeah, we've absolutely had that happen. I mean, I can remember in, in Florida after the Parkland tragedy when so many lawmakers appeared to be in support of gun safety and then kind of when it came down to voting, they didn't do necessarily the right thing. And so that's why, you know, this does take several election cycles. You gotta show up and hold people accountable for their for their actions. And because we have this grassroots army of volunteers, we can do that. Okay, so now how, how uh, can the average person help? If you want to get involved, and we're not just moms, we're mothers and others. We have lots of men. Um, I like that, mothers can, and moms. Yeah, you can text the word READY to 64433. Um, Students Demand Action is the largest youth-led gun violence prevention movement in the country. You can text the word STUDENTS to 64433, and they're doing a lot of our voter registration work right now. Um, so it's a good time to get involved if you have extra time on your hands because you're unexpectedly at home from high school or college. And um, you can also go to our uh, website. It's uh, momscommandaction.org. Is, uh, is it connected, you know, the Parkland, I, I don't know what the group is at the kids, you know, those two kids from March Parkland. for Our Lives. Yeah, is that, do they have a different set of things they want than uh, your, what you guys are doing? Like, are they like an actual, like, and gun ownership, or is it the same as kind of what you're you're trying to do? You know, they, I think, have, um, they're continuing to work on this issue, but I think they work on other issues as well. Mm. But I know they're they're really interested in, in turning out the vote. Yeah, well, I'm curious what the vote will be. My prediction is, or actually, somebody else made this prediction, but I agree with it. It's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be Trump, but the score is going to be like 14 to 7. Like, the turnout's going to suck. Uh, I hope not. I, I think Trump is going to lose by a lot. We'll see. Uh, hey, last time, uh, by the way, I'm not a Trump supporter. Last time I predicted Trump, everybody's like, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, I don't know. Like, but I, people yeah. didn't know him then as much as a president. Now mm -hmm. people do. So I think yeah. they made a big mistake with Biden. I, like, if we don't have to hear them talk, either one of them till election, maybe Biden could win. But once Biden, I mean, like 
very optimistic that Joe Biden's not going to just forget everything you want him to do <laughs> like within five <laughs> minutes. Like he's, he's a dingbat now. So like when he starts talking, I mean, it's embarrassing. Like you think Trump's jarring and he is Trump at least can form like a joke or something like Biden's hard. I, I like, I don't know how, and it, it seems like they, the guy we had last week or, or last week was like, I don't think the DNC needs to change. And like, are you crazy? Like all these people that don't vote, because they're like it's rigged and you're not going to go for them you're going to just try to squeeze the strategy is we just need that extra 10 percent of people and we'll just go with how bad trump is and that and, and that's their strategy they've written off right. all these other people that don't believe in the system for good fucking reason by the way mm-hmm. when trump should lose by fucking 90 percent like it should be a, a late well, I, I i think it's going to happen same way like when trump won I, I i said it before i don't think trump won i think hillary lost so this time, I don't think Joe Biden is going right. to win, but Trump is going to lose. You know what I'm well, saying? Because so I, much, so many people that just don't want him. Let me tell you something about those 60-year-old white male gun owners. All that kneeling and Kente scarf shit and they're tearing down the Washington statues, they're going to remember that shit. That sticks in their head more than probably the shooting at a school. Yeah. And that, and I agree. Even, by the way, no. The fact that we yeah. won in Virginia, I think, goes to show that the vast majority of Americans are coming out to vote on this issue and that that those gun extremists are a vocal minority and and they're not winning elections anymore. Well, I I could see that what you're saying about a gun thing, especially if you're like that's my issue. Um but there's so many other things now like when you now if there's like any kind of looting and rioting associated with protests, that create like the Richard Nixon when he came in off law and order after all that, you know, all that shit in the 60s like that that one because like I said, I'm a guy who never wanted a gun. I'm like, I maybe need to get a gun just in case. Because what if we just don't have police and I don't trust that they're going to have a great... I know, I know we're going to use social workers or something amazing, but I don't really trust that. And I don't see any kind of thing like, yeah, if there's no police, everybody will just stop. I used, I used to live in Philly. I know how that works. Philly instituted the purge a long time ago. <laughs> I used to live near Camden. In fact, I, it scares me when I hear people talk about, well, Camden had a problem and they disbanded their police. Yeah, Camden still has a big problem. And all they did was the police were so corrupt, they're like, the rest of the state police will handle this because you guys suck. And Camden's a fucking nightmare. And it was written off for reasons like, well, that's just a city that's going to be how it is. And now what I see, especially the Democrats now, is both parties are all about management or like a certain class of people. Okay, like like somewhere the Republicans used to be the rich people party, and then the Democrats became that somewhere around the Clinton times. They be, Democrats became oh no, rich people go with us. Well, and and what I here's why I don't want Joe Biden to win is the Democrats last time with Hillary, all the donor class that paid all they lost a lot of money investing in Hillary, which was a, a bad investment. And I almost feel like the Democrats need to show their bad investment again to rich people, so that then they will in turn have no choice but to help start serving the workers and not management. And, and that's the only thing that's going to happen is when they're not getting the funding because they're a bad fucking investment. That, I, and I don't see any other way for them because otherwise, you know, Obama I liked, but he did not do what he should have done, man. Yeah. He really didn't. And the reason we got Trump is because Obama fucked up. And everybody's, oh, it's because everybody's a racist. No, it isn't. Mm-mm. No, it isn't. Oh, oh, black people got fucked over by Obama. And so all shit I didn't notice because I thought he was cool. If I met him today, I'd be like, oh, cool, Obama. But he didn't, he's, he's a corporate beard. <laughs> like, and I don't want the corporations that run shit 
to have to have a, a the gun issue do you find like a, is it a lot of your white male friends that are feeling the same way that you're feeling like oh we need to get a gun now because we are we don't have police like who's feeling this way is it a robert white kelly got a gun yeah, why would you not feel that way that's crazy what, what i don't feel happen? that way well you haven't it hasn't got to the bad part of it yet but what's going to happen when the cop first of all let's say they don't disband the police and they're just like police all, can't yeah. do anything <laughs> instead of reasonable things i, I, I just don't believe we're going to get to that point yeah i i hope you're right the police is just something that's nonsense you know if they came out with something like let's de-unionize the police so they're not getting away with their bullshit i get it defunding the police makes no sense um, you know, so, hey, hey, yeah. believe all women was nonsense, and that passed resoundingly in the media. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out nonsense. I would bet on nonsense. <laughs> not enough. Shannon, Shannon, who was who was your pick before Joe Biden from the Democratic Party? You know, we didn't uh, endorse anyone until it was between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, and we endorsed uh, Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, I. I why not? Why not Sanders? Just because you thought Biden had a better shot at winning, or? Hold on, we lost her. Oh. Oh no. Well. She'll be Sanders back. Sanders is is he is he older than than Biden? He's just as oh, old. Oh, have you guys listened to Biden talk? Yeah, but yeah, I, we I like, like one old guy for another old guy. I, I like uh, uh, his commercials on Facebook when he was like, uh, uh, "I'm Joe Biden." Yeah. Like, like he's remembering his name. It's, it's crazy. First of all, I don't even understand. He's going to get chewed apart. Joe Biden was never fit when he was not senile. When, yeah. he was a, when he was just Joe Biden. And by the way, you know, all the, all the minorities in prison that are for the, because of this industrial prison fucking slave labor. He signed that. That's Joe Biden's. You can see the speeches of him back when he got his hair plugs first, talking about how great it is. And we're going to crack down and this and that. And then now people bring it up to him and he goes, well, the states do. No, motherfucker, you guys. The, the Democrats did all right-wing bullshit. They did the shit Reagan could have never done. That's what they did. They fucking gutted welfare, and they made a militarized police, and they fucking, uh, oh, all the communicate. They, we have monopolies. That's what the huge issue is. Everything's a fucking monopoly. So that was, that was Bill Clinton did that. And then NAFTA, that fucked everybody. And then uh, George W. Bush, he had a, <laughs> he had a nice war. That fucking sucked. And then uh, oh, Obama kept it going. Sorry about that. I don't know. Oh, no problem. She's back. Oh, I forgot Sorry. what I asked, but I know I wanted the answer. Do you, you asked me who I was talking about who we were supporting. Oh, why, why, yeah, yeah. why Biden instead of Bernie? Was it because you thought Bernie didn't have a shot compared to Biden? Or no, Bernie Sanders doesn't have a great track record on this issue. I mean, he certainly started oh. to change after 2016 election when it was clear that that was, you know gun safety was going to be a big issue. Oh, he interesting. To run again. That's interesting. Yeah. No kidding. He. Yeah. And, do you think it was he just didn't it wasn't his like pet thing or do you think he was on purpose not dealing with it you know he's from vermont and i i think that he was um you know playing from an, an older playbook uh but mm -hmm. hillary clinton really did make this an important issue for her and it's why we endorsed her as well i see interesting <laughs> all right well uh guys thank you so much that was uh, very uh interesting and informed and i hope a lot of people can join shannon Shannon, do you want to share your information uh, again or if somebody yeah. want to follow you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm at Shannon R. Watts on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also find Moms Demand Action at, at Moms Demand. And as I mentioned, we have Students Demand Action. If you're a gun violence survivor, we have a survivor network you can participate in. Um, but we, we are 
really, I think, doing a great job of organizing virtually, uh, getting out the vote. And so anyone who, who gets involved will make the most of your time and make sure that, that you're effective. Right. Thank you. Kurt? Oh, I got my, well, yeah, my podcast can't get right on Gas Digital. It comes out first, then it uh, comes out on iTunes after that. And the 25th, which I believe is Thursday, I'm going to be in Phoenix, Arizona with Louis J. Gomez resuming our tour, at least for a one-nighter, which I can't wait because I haven't been on stage for ever. And don't, and don't buy a gun. Juanita. Yeah, don't buy a gun. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be worried about it. If, if you do, please get a COVID. background check and training. Just stay home. <laughs> No, I know, I know how to shoot. Like I, I, like I said, I've always loved shooting, but I just was like, why would I own a gun? That's crazy. But right, right. hey, I hope you guys are right. It ain't going to come to that, but it doesn't look promising from what I'm saying. No, I'm, I'm optimistic. Juanita, you want to share your info? Oh, I'm just Juanita, gnome's wife and a mom, you know, giving my two cents. Comedyseller.com. You can go there and live from America podcast. The Comedy Seller hopefully will be open soon. I know Noam's not optimistic, but... Yeah, did Noam just soon. leave to And buy Shannon, it? when it's open, you should, if you He's visit New York, you should come. Well. I will. Yes, yes, please. Uh, all right, everybody, thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, everybody. Have a good, good one. Thank you, Shannon. All right. Bye, Bye Thanks, everybody. Man. Bye. Thanks, Adam. Bye, Wendy. Bye.